Welcome to this special edition of the New Stock Makers on the Road from MongoDB World 2022 and New York City. Discussions from the show floor with technologists giving you their expertise and insights to help you with your everyday work. Headquartered in New York, MongoDB is the leading modern general purpose database platform designed to unleash the power of software and data for developers and the applications they build. Hey, it's Alex Williams back at MongoDB World in New York City, and I am here with Kenneth White, who is a security principal at MongoDB. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, I am really curious on this topic, and I just kind of made the uh, connection about this intersection of software development and cryptography. And that has, as I understand, been very difficult to understand and implement for developers. I expect for academics who build these types of cryptographic environments and are thinking about that intersection is it's different. And you've introduced queryable encryption. Perhaps you could talk about queryable encryption, what it is, and how it reflects that intersection of software development and cryptography. Sure, absolutely. Well, I, I should probably take a step back and sort of explain some of the the clients and customers we have that have been yeah. looking for it. So, you know, one of the things about Mongo is I think a lot of people know us from our work with startups and with sort of, you know, newer generation companies. I don't think there's quite an appreciation how much of the enterprise we power. So, you know, the our Atlas platform, the managed database as a service, it backs entire European pension systems, you know, uh, currency networks, treasury systems, payment networks, uh, you know, retail and investment banks. You know, if you're doing credit card transactions with major pizza chains or pharmacies, there's a pretty good chance you're running through Mongo. So, you know, these are, you know, some of these systems are billions of dollars of, of flow. And so they're, you know, these are the most security sensitive kind of workloads there are. And so customers have, they're always asking for sort of better security assurances. But one of the things that they've said is, look, look, we're not, you know, our developers aren't cryptographers. We, we can only do so much security training. And frankly, they shouldn't have to make hard choices. They shouldn't have to have them make decisions about, you know, this encryption mode or that encryption mode. It should just like work. And to some extent, like the software world has done a pretty good job. Like language frameworks have gotten better. They still give you like a kind of a whole toolkit of things if you want to, you know, chop and dice and, and build your own. But for sort of like the, you know, the typical Python developer, the typical Node developer, someone working with C Sharp, you know, they just want to be able to call a function, say encrypt this, and then I'm done with it. I don't have to think about it. And that's that's our view as well. So we started the project, the, the foundations of it were probably four years ago. Uh, with our client-side encryption, which is a type of end-to-end -end encryption. So if you need to store, say, a social security number or a credit card, uh, you can use the, the technology we've got. But one of the big pieces of feedback we got was, you know, it'd be really nice if we could actually query against it. So, you know, like the last four digits of a social security number, the last four of your card number. I'm a customer service rep, and I need to, you know, somebody's telling me their name over the phone, and I just want to type in the first few letters of their name and then, you know, ha have the system pull up the rest. Um, being able to search from like prefixes and suffixes, substrings, the kind of things you think about that databases are supposed to do. But we want to do that on encrypted data. And our answer until recently was, well, there's, there's not really a lot of options for that. But it's, it's not a Mongo problem. It's a sort of industry problem. It's not a solved uh, problem. 
And so what we did with queryable encryption is we worked with some folks that have been collaborating with us for a while and they made some breakthroughs and about a year ago, year and a half ago, we acquired them. And so that crypto team is now in-house. Uh, we've got a whole advanced crypto research group with, I think, seven PhD cryptographers. Um, and yeah, and so yesterday we announced we're, we're rolling out for a preview the uh, queryable encryption, which lets you for the first time in any database search on fully encrypted data in, in really expressive ways. So super excited about it. How does that affect the way that you know, data environments are developed initially? How will that affect the industry? Well, we're hoping, uh, you know, we, we, one of the things that we, we believe in is, is in open standards and open cryptography. I mean, one of the things I think in general about security is people want to understand your systems. They want to be able to analyze them. They want to be able to, you know, to, to hack them, frankly. They want to be able to do analysis against it. And so, you know, we don't believe in black box crypto or proprietary sort of things. And so, but particularly in the cryptography world, proprietary systems are like, kind of a, you know, like high voltage rail or whatever. In existing systems, you know, most developers think about TLS, they think about network encryption, they think about like storage on disk, and those are important, but they don't really get to things like when the database is actually running, right? Like, so if you have a DBA uh, who's got high level administrator access, maybe they need to run patches or security updates or things like that, but do they really need to be able to see like in an employee HR system, everyone's social security number or their paid stubs or their right. bank accounts. And so, you know, being able to sort of separate those two things is really important. And then when you move a workload, you know, when you're a big bank or big insurance company, you move a workload to the cloud, you're really thinking about, you know, what, what are my institutional risks from a third party, right? Because I'm handing this incredibly sensitive customer data over. I want better assurances that, that it's not going to be uh, compromised, either through negligence or through some malicious inside attack. And so it's not just a theoretical concern. I mean, we have customers, as I said, that are doing billions of dollars in transactions on the platform. And so, you know, they really do have to think about those levels of, of threat. But more broadly, you know, people just want better privacy and security controls. So we think this is going to open up a, a ton of new use cases for us. Tell me then about the process that you went through to make this a academic capability and more of a developer capability. Tell me about the, the algorithm development and how you had to think about that with the overall architecture of MongoDB technologies, Atlas, for example. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I think if someone were from, you know, like another planet and they, they read all the academic cryptography literature, they think, well, you've got, you know, you've got countless choices and things. Of course, you should be using this. But if you dig a little deeper, there's a lot of assumptions and a lot of missing constraints. So like this particular encryption technique has been evolving for 15 plus years. It's not new in the sense of the research community. What's different though is when you take sort of a, a toy project or a toy example, you know, if it's, it's easy to have sort of one laptop and one database server and, you know, and, and, and make a sort of a demo system with a few hundred records. Now, when you scale that to hundreds of millions of records, across lots of different databases and lots of app servers or web servers, that's where things break down. Because what you don't want to do is you don't have to go to a developer and say, yeah, it's already hard enough to write a secure website, like a basic web application, but we're also going to make you have to manage state across all these different uh, right. applications. It should just work. You should, if, if I'm a developer and I just want to say, DB users find this social security number, I should be able to write that. And that's what we've been able to do. So, you know, the, the technology is really cool. It, it, it lets developers think and, and express the way that they're used to. But in terms of how we got here, 
the biggest breakthroughs weren't cryptography. They were like the engineering pieces. They were the things that make it so that you can scale, so that you can do key management, so that you can do indexes that really, that have these kind of capabilities in a practical way. So not in a toy system because our customers, these are, these are monster workloads. These are really, you know, sizable workloads. We've got some customers that have over 800 shards, meaning 800 different physical servers around the world for one system. I mean, that, you know, that's massive. Now, obviously, not everyone has that kind of concern, but you need to be able to go from, you know, a simple kind of uh, proof of concept system or, a, you know, a sandbox or s- some small system to, to the biggest. And so it was a lot of the engineering, just sort of the, the hard grind of engineering over the last year and a half to sort of translate those math and algorithm techniques into something that's practical in the database. So translating that math and algorithm and information into these very large systems. Exactly. Right. I mean, a lot of them start, a lot of the academic papers start with, assume you can create a database from scratch and rebuild, you know, the engine. It's like, really? I mean, our, our data, our core engine is 10 years old. I mean, you look at any other major database, like this is really mature technology. You don't just scrap that for a security benefit. Like, I mean, maybe somebody will, but then you lose all the other things. You lose transactions, you lose clusters, you lose you lose all the you know identity and two-factor authentication and all the authentication, like all those really hard things that make up a rich database. You can't just toss that out. But a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, academic literature sort of assumed that you could do that. So the the big thing for us was not having to make those massive changes to the to the engine and being able to do things on the application side where it still felt pretty easy for the developers. What did you do on the application side then? Right. So, so one of the things that we did is we, you have to understand that Mongo runs everywhere, right? So we have, uh, you know, we run on embedded systems, we run on ARM, on mobile processors, we run on the Intel. Uh, we even run on IBM Z series mainframes. We have uh, some customers that are bridging the mainframe world into the cloud. And then every operating system, so Debian, Ubuntu, Red Hat, Windows, Mac, you know, every flavor you can imagine. And then on top of that, every language you can imagine. So Python, Java, C-sharp, Node, Scala, you know, all these things, PHP, building in the capability for like a core crypto library that all those other languages could use. That's where a lot of the the work went. And then also to sort of, you know, making some of these translations happen so that you don't have to think as a developer, I have to rewrite all my query code. I have to rewrite all my application code. To us, the most important thing was to make it easy and give developers, you know, simple tools without having to make complicated choices. And that requires a lot of listening. Tell me about the team that did that. Who, you know, tell me about the people who are on that team. Yeah, in, in our one of our presentations, one of my final slides is it's labeled It Takes a Village, and I think there's like 45 engineers listed. We had 14 different engineering teams over the last several years working on this. So if you think about a database company, you've got specialized teams that all they do is focus on performance. Another team that all they do is focus on how to, how to make queries, you know, work in a, in, a, in a proper way. We've got teams that just work on Java, that just work on Python. We've got other teams that just work on like key management or kind of the identity piece. So all of those uh, different groups had to work together. I mean, it was, it was a huge sort of orchestration of, uh, you know, of, of different, uh, you know, groups and teams and things. But yeah, it's been fantastic to work with them because actually some of the biggest work we did was with their documentation team. We have a team of probably six or seven people just dedicated to this one feature. They've been working for three months tirelessly. And so yesterday somebody pressed a button and now it's all public. Right? So all that hard work is there. So the developers can say, look, I, I don't know where to start. Like I literally want copy and paste like a hello world, you know, like 
I've just installed Go or I've just installed Python or Java. I just want to like get to step one. And so they made that really easy. And it's, it's a lot of work to do that. And I think documentation, good tutorials and things like this, I think they're really underrated in, the, in, this, in our world. So documentation and tutorials are foundation practices that not everybody does. What were some of the other major challenges with these teams? What were the challenges of integrating this technology into the projects that they were building across those many teams that you worked with? Well, I mean, I should say, too, that this was a board-level strategic priority. So when we did the acquisition of Aroki Systems to bring in the IP and to bring in the principles, that was just sort of a, like the first step in a major investment. And so, you know, you can imagine in the engineering org, you're always juggling, you know, dozens of different projects and, and requests from customers. I mean, we've got people in every kind of business you can imagine that have all kinds of crazy asks. And so just sort of balancing that was, was where it got a little interesting, but you do that. So we work on the languages, we work on the, we work on the docs, we work on the integration, just lots of different moving parts. And so the people management was probably half the battle, honestly. So how do you think about distributing that across in a distributed? I think about the distributed architecture of something like this. You have all kinds of customers are working across multiple regions. For instance, I may be using AWS, right? Mm -hmm. How do you think about pick one thing in particular, the synchronization, for instance? No, that's a, that's a good question. One of the things that customers bring up a lot is they really don't want to get locked into a particular platform. They don't want to be locked into one cloud provider or another. Um, and we see this all the time. There's a lot of corporate investment in one of the public clouds where maybe like central IT is sort of all in, but then a lot of the application development happens on a different cloud or like you've got an application group that like really prefers one over the other. So we rolled out some technology that allows you to like move keys between the clouds or if you want to move it from cloud back to on-prem. So, you know, if you're if you're in GCP and you've built a, you know, a proof of concept or a stand up and then you want to potentially migrate that to Amazon or Azure, it shouldn't be painful. And in our case, it's it's literally a push button and then a single API call to sort of migrate your keys. That's kind of like a little in the weeds, but it's, you know, it's a real pain point for people. They don't want to be stuck on one platform and most of the, the clouds by design, once you have a key in their key management systems, you can't get it out. It's sort of within the confines of their hardware. And then we have, you know, we have some bank customers too that have dedicated hardware modules that hold their keys and they need to be able to like move from there to the cloud and vice versa. So we built that, that tech in as well. But yeah, distributed systems are, are you know, our are, are, are blood. So, you know, whether you deploy, you know, a single server or you're, you're launching lots across all the different clouds, the system works and it's, you know, it's optimized for really high speed searches. So, uh, yeah, we've been doing tons of testing. Part of what we're doing with the rollout is, you know, these are security critical kind of workloads for customers. And so we really wanted several months of feedback from customers saying, look, here's our use case. Here's the way we're using it. Here's the way we tweaked it. Here's our experience. Can you maybe take some rough edges off this? Or, you know, can you help us with performance tuning on that and so forth? So I don't think we're going to make any major changes during the, you know, during the, the preview period. But we felt it was really important to kind of get that real world workload. Because you can imagine a lot of banks and, you know, insurance companies and things, they don't want to share their data with us. So we can do benchmarks and things like that, but we don't, we don't really understand how customers are using, you know, how their workloads look. So that kind of feedback is going to be critical. So what's next then beyond the, this uh, launch of queryable encryption? Well, so what, we, what we're announcing with 6.0 is the core crypto framework. And uh, it's Apache license. It's open source. It's on GitHub now. We have equality matches now. So that on fully encrypted randomized data, you can do equality matches. We're rolling out range 
Uh, and then over the next few months, we're rolling out the, you know, the other sort of expressive query features. But it's really, it's a new platform to allow us to kind of build these other capabilities in. I mean, we have working prototypes for all these, but, you know, it's going to be a continuing uh, evolution. And then the next thing is our Atlas search products. If people want full text search where, you know, like they're using Elasticsearch or Lucene or something like that. We have an Atlas search product that's that's pretty similar to that. So if you want to do full rich text search, that's, you know, we're definitely, that's in view as well. And so, you know, it's something we're looking at over the next year or so. Well, Kenneth, thank you so much for taking the time. I've really enjoyed our, our conversation here. And good luck with this work to really bring cryptography into the mainstream developer community. Good. I enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks. Headquartered in New York, MongoDB is the leading modern general-purpose database platform designed to unleash the power of software and data for developers and the applications they build. Thanks for listening. Subscribe on Simplecast to listen to more episodes on the new Stack Makers. Create and share your favorite audiogram using our Simplecast player. For more articles and great stories, go to the newstack.io.